welcome to the Medic Today podcast. I'm Dr. Alicia, your host, and in this episode, we welcome Dr. Claire Kay, who is an executive coach specializing in career development and a former portfolio GP. She is passionate about medical education and has won multiple awards in this area, as well as being the lead GP advisor to BMJ Live. Hi, Claire. Thank you so much for being here on this podcast. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Thanks for having me. I'm going to jump straight in, if that's okay, and ask you to share a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do today. So my name's Claire Kay. I'm an executive coach specialising in career development and a former portfolio GP. Um, I have in my portfolio GP role, I've done loads of different things around medical education. I've done lots in technology, media, I've been a CQC inspector. I set up and developed a frailty service that got um, national recognition. So I've done lots and lots of different things. But my big thing, which is my passion, is coaching. And I have a special interest in career development, partly because of my background, partly because that's just an area that I'm very passionate around, particularly portfolio careers. Mm. That's really diverse. And that's pretty much in a nutshell about everything that you, that you do and, and that you've done. How, how are you able to do so many things? Well, I don't do them all at the same time. That's the first thing to say. So it does sound like a lot and they all sound quite different, but actually they kind of happen in different pockets of my life. So depending on what's going on in in my life, I've done more or I've done less and I might have done more clinical or less clinical, depending on what I needed at that time. Mm -hmm. And doors kind of, the more you do, the more doors open. And so as a result of that, you actually find time that you're kind of doing lots and lots of medical education but perhaps not so much of anything else and I also find that I get you know after a while I get sort of like well I've done that I've achieved that let's think what else I can do not discarding it but how can I sort of springboard onto the next thing so I really enjoyed being a senior inspector I was a nice one and um, <laughs> like to try and give a really balanced view and to really be there to support the practice and I just felt it was really important that it was actually a a good process in inverted commas and I found that really fulfilling. But then it got to a point where I kind of got as much as I was going to get out of it. And I felt that it, things were changing. So it was time to make a change. But that, you know, those skills that I learned were really, really useful. So that would be transferring to other things. I don't do it all at the same time. It's not possible. But it's just about changing your career with what you need at that particular time and what interests you. And what did it take of you to to navigate this path? Because it's very different from, you know, the traditional medical career path. So when I first qualified as a GP many moons ago, what was expected is that traditional path where you get on your travelator and you stay on your travelator. I like to think of a career in medicine. So I was expected in my head, rightly or wrongly, that actually a successful career in medicine as a GP would be qualifying maybe being a locum for a bit, then being a salary GP, then becoming a partner, job done. But actually, I got to the sort of salaried bit and I thought, oh, okay, I'm not sure what I want going forwards. And then I started to do some teaching because one of the partners um, at my practice was doing some teaching and she needs a bit of help. And I loved it. And I thought, oh, God, this is brilliant. Um, I loved everything about it during the actual teaching session itself, but also the fact that that kind of 
excitement and motivation and happiness was kind of drip feeding into my clinical work as well. So I started to realize that that diversity was really good. That variety was really good. And I seemed to feed off that. So at that point, really everybody was kind of thinking well if you why aren't you a partner that was kind of like well she's not doing so well she's not a partner but actually Mm. I kind of actively decided that it was okay not to be and I started to build up initially the teaching side of things just in any way that I could um and it just started to open more and more doors and I found more and more that the more variety I had in my week the better I was at each bit as opposed to doing one thing because actually I found that I got drained and actually demotivated. Even though it had its challenges doing lots of different things, it was what fired me up. So that is something that I really, really relate to. Of course, I've been on my own journey navigating my path and I I was out looking for the one thing that would make me happy every day. And on that journey, I realized that I love medicine, but when I when I'm just doing medicine clinical practice I go nuts and so I try something different telling myself that medicine's not for me when in fact when I was doing a little bit of medicine a little bit of project work a little bit of entrepreneurship a little bit of other things I just fell in love with medicine in a whole new way so I really really appreciate the 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 variety the diversity in in everything that you do day to day really it has just like you said it it has me become more effective in in the pockets of time that I am spending on everything that I'm doing I guess traditionally we would think the more time you spend on one habit I, I guess if I put it that way the better you get at it but actually it hasn't worked that way for me in the context of a career I have to I'm more effective at my job as a doctor when I'm doing it for part of the time and not in all of the time No, I was just going to say, I think that's really important. But I also think that a clinical role has lots of different facets to it. So you Mm. might be, you know, as you get more senior, you aren't necessarily, you know, just doing the patient bit. You might be managing the service that provides the patient bit, or you might be working with a team of people that have set that up, or you might be, you know, doing all sorts of other governance stuff or or, or teaching. So actually, there may be many facets to your clinical role that you also, not you, but, you know, generally people don't recognise that they actually have got a varied week, but it's within a role. And that's also, it's really useful to kind of break down the week and think, well, which bit of my week do I really look forward to? Or actually, is it the variety that's keeping me like happy and sane? Yeah. So, or is it the teaching day that I just love and actually I should do a bit more of that and I hate the governance thing? Or actually, and the governance thing makes me feel a bit like rubbish and I just try and procrastinate about that because it's not my thing. Mm. So actually, it's about that balance for what's working for you. I think that's really important that actually you can kind of see that there may be variety in your week which you haven't realised as well because sometimes I think people can feel a bit overawed like oh well I'm doing clinical work and I don't even know where to start to find another role so actually that's really scary and oh I don't really like what I'm doing and actually it's not there's probably doing much more than they think they are and there may be areas that they can grow so that whole thing around looking at your motivators what drives you what makes you want to get out of bed in the morning Mm. and looking at the things that drain you and demotivate you is really important to try and draw yourself away from the demotivators and go towards the motivators. Mm. So following on from that, how would you define a portfolio career? 
So this is really difficult. And I did a piece of work for BMJ Careers, and um, it was a research project looking at people who had portfolio careers, particularly GPs, and what their definitions of it were and the challenges and the benefits, etc. And I asked loads and loads of people what their definition of a portfolio career was. And every single person had a completely different definition. But the one that I liked the most was when somebody said it's a career with um, multiple foci. And so that isn't saying that you aren't focused on one thing. It just means that you've got lots of strings to your bow, as it were. There's just lots of bits that you are um, interested in and have your finger in lots of different pies, as it were. Mm. And I think that's, for me, the most satisfying definition. There were lots of others that I felt didn't quite fit the generalised picture. And I think that kind of fits everybody who's both in a secondary medicine career, but also in a primary care career. And also, interestingly, um, I know we've talked about this before, and I mentioned to you that in this piece of research that we did, it was really interesting because there was loads of people who, you know, were doing the, you know, minor ops, management stuff, running the reception team, all this other stuff that they were doing. If you're a consultant in secondary care or a partner in general practice and that's your main role, actually, you've probably got lots of bits to your career that you might not even notice that you're doing. Mm. That's really interesting, isn't it? That, I mean, we have so many transferable skills and there's so many foci to our jobs, even in our training, that actually we can feel quite empowered and say, you know, because of our training and, and everything that we do as medics, we could actually, I guess it's perspective, we, we could actually say that we all have portfolio careers because of the diversity of the work that we do within our career. Mm. But I think it, is, it comes back to that thing about mindset, doesn't it? Mm. Because when somebody says, oh, I've got a portfolio career, that's like, I think a lot of people think, oh, wow, that's really amazing. Or, oh my goodness, I could never do that or whatever. It feels kind of like, well, how did you do that? That's yes. really hard. But actually, when you change your thinking and actually say, well, what am I doing in my day-to-day job? I'm doing all these different things and I have all these different skills. All I need to do if I want to to sort of regenerate my motivation and tweak things a little bit to make, like you were saying before, to fall back in love with what you're actually doing is often just to tweak things and to change your motivators, change your mindset and think, actually, oh, I I could develop something here or I could Mm -hmm. grow something. And that's like the first step to developing things more. Mm -hmm. I'd be interested to know from, from your experience and your perspective, what are the key challenges as medics of figuring out what we really want to do in our career? Sort of our barriers to thinking differently or thinking newly, this sort of mindset shift or, or perspective. I'd, I'd be quite keen to, to know what your thoughts are around that. So I think as medics, we have multiple skills. But I think we are trained from a very early stage to get on our travelators and to stay on our travelators and just to carry on. And then success is when you reach the end. And we can feel very trapped that there is nothing else we can do except for what we do. Mm. And then there's kind of this world around us of loads of options. Like you can go and be a prison doctor, you can go and work on a cruise ship, you can go and be an educator, an appraiser, a media doctor. You know, it's like endless, these options. And it almost feels safer just to stay on the travelator and think, well, I'd like to do that, but that's too scary. I'll just stay where we are. Mm. But I think we all have these blocks and 
the blocks are really important to understand and to recognize because so often people say to me, oh, I really don't like what I'm doing. Or I'm really unhappy or I'm really exhausted or I'm finding it so hard at the moment. There's so many medics are at the moment for everything they've gone through in the last year. And it's very easy to say, yes, but I can't do it now. I haven't got time. Yes, but I can't make a change. I'm too tired. Yes, but I'm, um, you know, I wouldn't be good enough anyway. And yes, but I don't have the skill set. And yes, but that whole yes, but thing. And this was a piece of work by a guy called John Lees, who was a career strategist. And he came, like, sort of identified this as being a block for a lot of people. And it's really interesting because if you talk to somebody that says, I'm not very like, content where I am now, there's often that, yes, but I couldn't do it now. Or yes, but the kids. Or yes, but time. You know, that yes, but thing. Mm. And I think it's really, really vital to recognize that block and then to do something really simple about it and to change your mindset. And when you hear that little boy saying, yes, but, change it to what if. What if I did find the time? What if I took a risk and gave it a go? What if I actually challenged myself and tried? Mm. That what if piece is really, really empowering. So for me, I think looking at patterns of behavior, looking at blocks, and tweaking your mindset and just thinking about how to react differently is really important. And I think that kind of feeds into all sorts of other mindset changes, which I don't know if we're gonna have time to talk about today, but that whole change in your mindset is so vital to being able to take the next step. Yeah. Yes, but I don't deserve it. What if I do deserve it? Yeah, wow. You know, those sort of things are really, you know, important. Yeah language oh my goodness language is so powerful it just completely reframes it in in a completely different way and similarly one practice that I took on on my journey was again flipping a word so changing a but to an and so for example I want to go for a run but it's raining outside I already feel like I have my excuse to not go out for that run Whereas if I say I want to go for a run and it's raining outside, I already feel like I'm engaged in a space of, okay, what can I do about that now? The the next step is, all right, what can I do about it? As opposed to I've got an excuse to not go out for a run. And, And that shift, just changing that one word, transformed the whole experience of that sentence and my ability to be motivated to do that activity. Yeah, it's so it's so true. And also it's about, I think, having a, a space before your reaction. So it's whether you, you know, so if something happens, something awful at work and it's very stressful, do you kind of think, oh gosh, I feel stressed and overwhelmed and I don't like this and it's horrible and gosh, poor me and I hate this. And I, you know, mm-hmm. do you have that reaction or do you think you kind of take a second and then you choose your response and your response might be something along the lines of what needs to happen to change the situation? What do I need to do to make a difference here? You know, those mm. sort of questions, but that space. And it's and that's kind of conversation with whether you're changing from being reactive to a situation or proactive. And really, it's when people start to become proactive that they're able to shift themselves away from the blocks towards what they want and to try and work out what they want. Mm. And that's the starting place. It's just a shift in mindset. Absolutely. And in one of our earlier conversations, there's a phrase that I've held on to. I I absolutely 
love it that you've coined as springboard in your life <laughs> I, I already feel like boom I'm propelled in my life just saying that <laughs> just speaking that <laughs> what are your go-to tools to help discover and explore our careers and passions how can we springboard our lives Okay, so I think there's two things in there. The first is what springboarding is. And then the second is like, you know, what tools are that can use it. So I'll probably do the first bit first, if that's all right. Absolutely. Um, so that whole springboarding piece, I kind of feel like every experience we have, every skill that we have feeds into the next experience and the next skill. And actually, it's not about, oh, I did this and I wasn't so good at it, so I'm doing that. It's what you gained from the first experience will empower you to do the next experience. Mm. So if I just use something from my career, so I no longer practice clinical medicine. I love clinical medicine. I'm very passionate about general practice. And during my time when I was doing clinical medicine, I really found that it was very empowering and very much what I wanted to do. But I got to the point in my career where I felt, actually, I've done it almost not that I was perfect or brilliant I just got to the point where I gained everything that I wanted to gain from that and I really enjoyed it and it was just time for a change and I could have said oh no I failed at medicine I'm giving it up it's a disaster you know and actually I thought you know what I'm going to take the core things from this that I love I love being around patients I love that connection I love moving people on I love making an impact that's the bit that really motivates me fires me up gets me up and there's some other bits that are now draining me that perhaps didn't five years ago but now do and how can I use that going forwards how can I springboard into the next thing and I realized I've been doing more and more coaching with my patients just naturally without even really knowing what I was doing and I'd been doing more and more over the last sort of 10 years before I stopped doing clinical medicine. And it was so satisfying. And I thought, this is what I've got to do. I've got to, whatever I'm doing here, this is the bit I've got to build on. And I've got to build it into something. So I got qualified and I got lots of practice and all the rest of it. And I now have my main business being a career coach specializing in career development. And for me, I don't feel like I've failed. I feel like I've springboarded. I've used what I knew. I got to the natural end of something for me and then I've moved forward so that for me is springboarding mm. and I think it's really important to not create dead ends in your career like cold sacks it's just roads going off in just different directions and you just take the next turning mm. and I think it to, to answer the second bit of your question like well, how do you do that because that's like well it just blows your mind a bit when you kind of think oh where am I going to springboard to <laughs> I don't know where we need to be you know that sort of feeling um so <laughs> I kind of base it around, like, I'm a really simplistic person, but I like to base it around the three R's. These are my three R's, which is reflect, reinvent, and rebuild. So the biggest part of this is to reflect, to think about, like, where you are. How happy am I in my work? You know, do I love what I'm doing? Is it, you know, I'm just doing it because I've always done it and I'm on my, on my travelator? Do I actually really quite like it, but there's just a few of the things that just aren't quite going so well at the moment or am I sort of clock watching and wanting to go be somewhere else like just to kind of get a general vibe of where you're at and then to once you've done that bit you can start to reflect a bit more deeply about what motivates you in your work what demotivates you are blocks in the way what would you do in a perfect world you know just that sort of whole you know 
where am I at? What are my challenges? And one of the great questions I find really useful is to think, when was the last time I had a great day at work? When you came home and you told a friend or a partner or somebody something brilliant. I was like, and it could be, oh my God, the policy I wrote, you know, we put into action today. Or it could be, ah, so patient said thank you today. It doesn't really matter what it is, but that question, asking yourself what it was you felt and what it was that motivated you and felt brilliant is really useful. And then to do the same on the opposite way, what, when was the last time I had a really challenging day and how did it feel? And what was it about the day that was challenging? You know, was it time pressures or whatever? And then really understanding where you're at will help to take you to the next stage, which is the reinvent stage, which is when you kind of think, well, if I had a fairy godmother, what would I do in a perfect world? What would good look like? How would that feel if I got that? And it doesn't, you don't have to in that stage say, well, I will be doing, I will be a prison doctor and that would be my perfect role. Because you might not know what your perfect role is, but you might say, well, I want to be working with people. I want to have some still clinical input. I want to be working three days a week or full time. You know, those sort of criteria, just the sort of general concepts. And then the rebuild stage is when you're goal setting. So you're actually putting in goals which are in a framework. I use, I like to use the exact framework because it's really positive and motivating rather than the smart framework. And then you put next steps in place to achieve it. So it's kind of a three-stage process for me to like reflect, really think where you're at. And you kind of think, oh, in fairyland, where would I like to be? Mm-hmm. And then it's under the practical bit where you put in place where you're going to go. That's a really, really great structure to follow through. And it gives you a good scope to, to really think about, you know, particularly with the reflecting and have yourself become present to everything that you have done, all the transferable skills that you have, and actually looking more intentionally at what it is that you've enjoyed about everything that you've done and and maybe what you've not enjoyed and then sort of building on from there. So I think that's a great starting point. So the three R's, reflect, rebuild and reinvent. I I love the word reinvent. It's just, it's so empowering. The other way around. The other way around. Yeah, reflect, reinvent, rebuild. Otherwise, you're doing a very good one. Oh, gosh. That's the one. (laughs) You're just just (laughs) testing it. Do you know what the, the biggest thing to me is it, it it sounds like a whole process but actually it is but it doesn't have to be overwhelming you know if you're driving home from work or even if you're just you know working from home at the moment if you just then take five minutes when you're going for a walk or driving home from work or cooking the dinner or something just to think oh did I have a good day today what was good about it what wasn't so good why was it average what was it you know just to take literally five minutes yeah. just to have that it's sort of that mindful awareness of where you're at, like you were saying. It's a starting point. Yeah, absolutely. And sort of throughout this conversation, we, we talk about things that we've done, navigating through the experiences that you've had and sort of responding to, reflecting to, reflecting on, responding to and, and, and springboarding your life. There must have been key people in your life that sort of helped direct some of this yeah and and interestingly some of the biggest things that directed it were failures so um I do a lot of work for BMJ live and BMJ masterclass GP update courses and if you'd asked me 14 years ago when I first started doing this you know that I'd still be doing it or even knew what this role would be or whatever I I wouldn't I would never have even imagined it Mm. but I am 
very passionate, involved, and I absolutely love what I do. But this came on the background of a complete failure. So me and a colleague who were both were very interested in medical education when we first qualified set up this whole course business and we decided this is what we were going to do on the side and we decided that we were going to run courses about respiratory rehab which was all very cool at the time and new and we were going to use and there was every GP was getting a pocket of money and we were going to use that for education the money was for education we were going to use that and we were just about to launch and then the government we just sort of took away all the funding and we were like oh oh my goodness, this is an absolute disaster. Wow. Like all this work, it's all gone out the window. Oh Gosh, goodness. weren't we you know, silly to, we didn't plan properly. We didn't think about this. We've not got a market. What were we doing? You know, like complete disaster. And it was quite like gobsmackingly depressing at the time because I was like, oh my goodness, I'm rubbish and whatever. But actually on the back of that, the colleague was asked that I was working with was asked to go to a BMJ meeting and he couldn't go for whatever reason he said well I've got a a friend colleague who I've been working on something with and I know she's really interested in medical education could she come along and they said yes she can come along and he told me and I was like oh my goodness I don't know if I can do this oh wow I you know literally I had a six-week-old baby I was breastfeeding I didn't know my name (laughs) I didn't know you know I literally I didn't I just I just was not in a confident place at all And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go for it and go anyway. And I sat there and just basically grinned through the meeting. But (laughs) actually, it was the start of everything else. And that's really amazing. It's funny how going through, like, we, we call them failures, but going through these times of challenge, you actually come out at the other end with a whole new opportunity. Yeah, and it's and it's really important to recognize that the bits that don't go so well, also lead into like springboard Mm. into the next bits because if I hadn't had that sort of understanding of how things hadn't worked out so well and what I'd learned from that Mm. I wouldn't have been able to take it forwards to the next thing so it's all about not seeing things as disasters and failures but just learning from them just like we would in a, a medical situation you don't see something as a disaster or a failure you'd think well what can I learn from this and take forward to the next patient and that's what it's about in your career Mm, amazing so what do you think it means in your opinion what does it mean to be a medic today oh gosh I find this question really hard and I've been thinking about it a lot since we've been talking over a number of weeks and I and I find there's just so many facets to that question and I suppose for me medicine is an incredible career but one of the things that can get lost on us is we can often feel trapped on our travelators but actually medicine isn't about being trapped on your travelator it's about opportunity because we are so fortunate to be in a career that allows you to be anything and to do anything from an incredibly strong, empowering platform. And you can switch and change as your life switches and changes, and that's okay. And there's very few careers that you can do that. So for me, I think being a medic today is about understanding that there is opportunity and it's available and it's for you to take and use and enjoy whenever's right for you. Amazing. And if you had one message to give to all of our listeners, what would it be? 
I would say think about your mindset. Think about how you approach situations and what things are stopping you. And think very hard to yourself. Be quite critical of yourself and say, did I just block that? How could I approach that differently? Take responsibility and ownership for your response to situations. And just by tweaking that can often just be enough to change your whole feeling about everything in front of you, however difficult the situation is, it can just be enough. So I would say focus on your mindset. Amazing. Claire, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for for being on, on this podcast. I'm sure all of our listeners are going to want to find you. Could you share where, where they can? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can see me on my website, which is drclairek.com. And there's lots of information about the sort of coaching that I offer and what I do on there. And also, um, I'd love you to follow me on Instagram, which is drclairek underscore executive coaching. And there's lots of tips and tricks that I'm always posting on there because I'm a bit obsessed. So please do join <laughs> me and follow me on there. <laughs> and uh, I'd love to hear from you. I'm always happy just to have a chat with anybody that likes to contact me. So it's absolutely Thank you ever so much. It's been great having you here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on this episode. We'd love to know your thoughts, so please do leave us your feedback and comments at The Medic Today. Join us next time for more inspiring and mind-shifting conversations.